You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello. You're looking lovely today, work wife. Thank you, Joe. As are you. Your hair Thank is you. looking well kempt. That's right. I got a, I got a, I got a haircut yesterday. Yeah, nice and fresh. Coming up on today's show, we've got platinum passes for your asses. Well, for the winners, at least. Uh, it's time for an update on who's won passes since we last checked in with the Passmaster. Uh, James, did you win one this weekend? Spoiler alert, I did not. But I have other stories from my attempt to win a platinum pass at the Hippodrome. Excellent. Yes, that's right. James played some live poker at the Hippodrome. I have the text messages to prove it. We'll be getting all the deets and beats from him on the London Mega Stack in just a little bit. But Joe, I would like to justify those texts, by the way. That was yeah. to help me actually keep track so that when it came to doing this segment on the podcast, I could refer back to what the key moments were that I felt the need to impart at the time. I totally get it. I just felt bad sometimes because, like, you'd be texting me and I was a little busy and I wanted to be, like, there for you and, like, railing you. But sometimes I was, like, uh, I would, like, wake up in the morning and have four <laughs> or five of them. So I-, I could not keep up with it in real time. Anyway, back to the pat- Platinum Pass winners. Yes. Uh, we are going to hear from two of those sweet, sweet Platinum Pass asses. Uh, we've got uh, Toen Vonken, who won his pass while he was watching the EPT Monte Carlo live stream. He'll be joining us on the line, as well as Mike Page, who won during NJ Scoop. Oh, my God, an American won something. Poker Stars related. Yes. Yes, hashtag America first. I don't know what I'm saying here. Anyway, we're going to talk to Mike as well. Uh, and finally, uh, for Superfan versus Stapes, we got Chris Unsworth talking about the Fugitive. And James, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed rewatching this uh, 1990s classic TV show. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Not the TV show, the movie. The 1993 movie adaptation with Harrison Ford. James, I watched the Tim Daly 1990s TV show. That's what you're talking about. E- no. When I said the Fugitive of the 90s, I meant the film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't find the movie anywhere. I had to do a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, <laughs> doghouse in the area. Uh, I did not rewatch the movie. But, okay. Uh, well, clearly, you, if you can remember certain elements like our little uh, conversation last week and that moment there, you might stand a chance. But I, I feel like certain movies that I saw during my teenage years are locked into my yeah. memory. Like, obviously, it would be helpful to rewatch certain things, but that things that I've seen from like 1990 to 2001, I feel like are pretty good in there. It's anything I've seen after like, well, I can pinpoint the year specifically. Anything after 2008 that I have a hard <laughs> time remembering. I'm not going to say why. Uh, Speaking of uh, watching stuff, I just want to say really quick, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Season 4, they released the first half of it early uh, so they could make it eligible for the Emmys, and it is just as good as ever. Uh, And I saw this movie called Upgrade over the weekend, James, and it was fucking awesome. I know nothing about it. It's like one of these Blumhouse movies, you know, the, the... the production company that kind of puts out all the horror movies that come out. Some of them are great. Some of them are, are so-so, but they're all, they kind of like crank these movies out. And this movie upgrade is just so watchable and so fun, kind of violent, 
But uh, really great sci-fi slash horror movie that uh, I cannot recommend more. I'm afraid since we last spoke, I haven't really moved on. I'm still on Westworld and Billions. But I did decide to follow your recommendation and try and get into Barry because here it's on Sky Atlantic. So what I did is I downloaded a few episodes onto my phone, figuring I'd watch it on my commute. Uh, And I did watch the first episode, which I absolutely loved. And I do want to watch more, but... I am at the moment doing one of my alternative Bondathons, not the Bond films, but the <laughs> Bond books. And I'm nearly at the end because I'm almost, I've almost reached the concluding chapter of One of Majesty's Secret Service. There's only two books to go after that. And then I'll get back into Barry. And the weird thing about revisiting the Bond books, if you think some of the movies have dated badly, you should revisit the novels of the 1950s and hear some of Ian Fleming's views on black people and women. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that would be that would be tough for me at this point. I those sorts of things like raise the hairs on the back of my neck so much at this point that it's really difficult for me to get through stuff like that cuz I don't like disliking the people. You know, if I don't like the author, if I don't like the character, it's really hard for me to get through it. Plus books, James. Ugh, it's like they're like movies you have to think too hard about. Stop pretending to be the ugly <laughs> American. That ain't going to wash anymore. Um, I've got some listener tweets later on. There were some commentator tweets in the course of the last few days. Oh, man. Myself, Joe, Nick Welthall, and Richard Orford were having a conversation about the Alien movies sparked by the most bizarre review of Alien Covenant that I've ever seen. The only person on the planet, Mr. Orford, claiming that Covenant was a better movie than Aliens, the Cameron sequel from 1986. I mean, I don't know if this was... I, I know Richard, so I know this is not, like, an intentional hot take, but you know how rarely, like, I reply to people on Twitter. It's not really my thing, but I was like, no, wrong. You are wrong. This is... Did you... Have, have you seen Covenant? I have seen Covenant, and I thought it was an okay-ish movie. Um, it felt to me that Ridley Scott wanted to do one thing, which was to continue all of the pretentious bullshit that he started in Prometheus, and the studio just wanted another monster movie. So he basically told them, yeah, 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 I'm making a film just like the original, and then snuck in all of his pretentious bullshit, and what you end up with is a movie that's neither one or the other. And I actually disliked it more than Prometheus, because to be fair to Prometheus, at least it had an agenda, at least it was trying to be different to anything else in that universe, whereas this film was was just a mishmash and it was fine it was watchable but it was not good right it's that's kind of how i felt about it too i walked out being like that was pretty cool and then what happens as usual like a couple of my friends were like no no no, it was it was a complete mess and here's why and i was like oh yeah that movie's kind of a mess uh i thought i started off thinking it was watchable then um ended up agreeing it was a mess but richard's um statement that the that aliens the sequel to Alien wasn't very good, was fucking mind-blowing. And very rarely do I take a stand that hard and say, you are wrong. You are empirically wrong. And Richard, to his credit, Richard, by the way, has like 11 kids. I do not know how every time I bring up a movie to Richard, the next day he's watched it. I don't know. (laughs) 
And now he's revisiting the entire Alien series. He's going to watch the uh, kind of director's assembly cut of Alien 3. He's going to go back and watch Resurrection. To be fair to Richard, he clearly misremembered this film. He went back, watched the special edition of Aliens, and concludes it is a superb film and really stands the test of time and obviously shouldn't even be talked about in the same sentence as Alien Covenant. Yeah, I mean, and not only is it a great movie, but, it, you know, James, you said Covenant doesn't work on both things it's going for. Aliens works in both genres that it's going for. Not really genres, but it is a fantastic sci-fi action movie, and it's a pretty touching uh the, the the emotional aspects of it work really well also. As, as I said, half joking, half tongue in cheek, if you want to look at the ultimate feminist movie, look at Aliens. Uh it ticks so many boxes in that regard and it's uh it, it's it look it's just a, a especially in the special edition, which fleshes out so many of the character scenes and more of the emotion and the connections between characters that were lost, I think, in the theatrical cut. You know who would have hated the feminism in Aliens? Ian Fleming. Yes, that is true. Um, uh, so I, I just wanted to I was speaking on Twitter. I just saw this tweet from uh, Bill Perkins last night that says, uh, happy anniversary, Lara Sebastian, two years of love, adventure, vulnerability, learning and fun. And this is song by Jewel JK based on our life. He tags the Jewel and then puts up a Vimeo link. And I'm pretty sure Bill Perkins hired Jewel. <laughs> Wow. To write a song for his anniversary with his girlfriend, Lara, which I just think is so ridiculous and so hilarious and so Bill Perkins. Must be nice to have that kind of money. Um, is the straight stapes thing turning into the new Yanni Laurel? Not really. I mean, obviously, look, I, I mentioned on the show last week that in Solo, it really sounds like when uh, Han turns over his hand in the first scene of Sabacc that he says, straight stapes. And then somebody wrote in, I forget the guy, you know, let's give him some credit. I can look up his name really quick. Uh, he said that it, it's actually straight staves because uh, apparently that's one of the suits in uh, in Sabacc is the staves. Let's Let's get this guy some credit. I've learnt more about Sabak in the last few days because Felix Schneiders has put out a series of videos on the Pokestars blog because Felix... Jim Vaughn. Jim Vaughn's the guy's name. Okay, so Felix obviously is a huge poker nerd and he's also a huge Star Wars nerd. So the idea of a game that combines elements of poker, blackjack and roulette plus Star Wars is certainly going to be up his alley. So he talks about it. And yes, staves are one of the suits in the game of... Uh, uh, of Sabak. So I guess it's the equivalent of a straight flush. It's a straight where they're all staves. But someone else did clip that I've scene. listened to the clip and that's why I refer to the Yanni Laurel thing because I've played it five times and it sounds so like straight staves. I'm not hearing stapes. You're not hearing stapes. The thing is, I want to hear stapes. I will fully admit, obviously, I want to hear stapes. So I'm sure it does say staves. But uh, a few other people are on my side, and I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, just before we move on to our event recap, obviously, next week on Poker in the Years, we are going to be reviewing Solo. It will be a spoiler-filled review. So if you haven't seen it, you'll want to scrub past that part of the podcast. And we're also going to be reviewing a classic gambling movie. Joe, would you like to know what won the poll? What was in the poll, first of all? The Hustler, the Paul Newman movie from the early 1960s. Okay. California Split, 
the Gambling Road movie with Elliot Gould and George Siegel, The Gambler, the original version with James Kahn from the mid-70s, and The Grand, a.k.a. Loser, the comedy with Woody Harrelson from the late 2000s. Okay, so the one I'm hoping won is The Grand. Wasn't even now, close. I, I was rooting against The Gambler, but I thought that was the Kenny Rogers movie. No. So <laughs> no. I'm, I'll am be okay with any of the okay, other three. Okay, the, the two frontrunners were The Hustler and The Gambler, and yeah. finally it was The Gambler that edged in front pretty much early doors and held on to that lead. 33% of the votes, and next week we will be revisiting the original version of The Gambler, not the awful remake with Marky Mark. This is the James Kahn movie from 1974. Uh, it's certainly available on iTunes here, Joe. Hopefully you can track it down easily where you are. It pops up on Sky Movies for those of you who have Sky. So if you get the chance in the next seven days, watch it at home. Join us on next week's podcast. We'll be reviewing this this classic gambling flick. And obviously we need a super fan to review to answer questions about this film. There will be a super fan quiz based on the gambler. We'll have a $109 satellite ticket as the prize. So if you want to take part in that gambler themed quiz, hit us up. Hashtag poker in the ears. If you can't find uh, the gambler on iTunes, might I suggest a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse in that area? Ah, oh, for jokes worth doing once, it's worth doing <laughs> twice. Talking of jokes, by the way, some people's responses to this poll were. Oh my God! First of all, do you even listen to the show? Have you? Hey, you guys should. You guys should review Mississippi Grind. Oh yeah, should we? Fuck. We have done that one, and we've also done Lucky You. Um, but also, when the question clearly states which of the following films should we review, the choices are clear. Don't reply saying, well, why isn't X on the list? Why isn't Y on the list? Which of the following movies? Not asking for other suggestions. Just vote A, B, C, or D. Thank you to those of you who did. And if you voted for The Gambler, you won. If you voted for any of the other films, you lost. But hey, this will not be the last time we do a classic movie Monday on a Wednesday on Poker in the Ears. Joseph, would you like to hear about my pathetic attempts to bag a platinum pass? Of course I would. Event Recap. Event recap. Yeah, it was the London Mega Stack last weekend, the £170 main event, which we talked about. I went down to the Hippodrome, played this event. Should point out, Joe, that I actually had a warm-up session beforehand. After we finished recording last week's podcast, I jumped on Finton and Spraggy's Twitch stream to play in the free roll. Because remember, after the Showtime game, there was the $300 prize pool, the $100 bounty on my head. This free roll had the most ridiculously slow structure of any free entry event I've ever played. Really? I was here for four hours playing in this free roll. And of now, course- Now James, but I know you, and I know that even when you want to bust out of a tournament, you can't bring yourself to not be a nit. No, and also to be honest, I was enjoying the experience of just being a guest on someone else's show rather than having to anchor something. And it was just great hanging out as it were 
with Vincent and Spraggy. We talked about all manner of subjects for about two and a half hours with questions from the chat, questions from the guys. I think we covered pretty much my entire life story while I was happily clicking buttons in a free roll where I managed to cash for about 47 cents. I mean, look, that uh, 47 cents in a, in a vacuum doesn't sound like a lot, but in the scheme of free rolls, that's like a decent score. Uh, that's going to keep you in the free roll game. So it was great experience going into the Mega Stack. This was a huge event. Now, obviously, the Mega Stacks always draw big crowds, but because there's that Platinum Pass added to the prize pool, it's really boosted the fields in these things. I'm sure you remember from the one you played a few months back. Um, the prize pool was over 110 I ne- I grand. Never, I never played one of these, James. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we, I've never. We remember the stories. No, uh, I don't remember I've, anything. I've got a callback to it later on. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so a prize pool of more than 110 grand, 768 total entries across the four starting flights. That's 110 grand on 170 pounds buy-in. Correct. That is wild. And that doesn't include the $30,000 Platinum Pass, which would go to the eventual winner. Um, So I arrive at the Hippodrome playing Flight 1C, which is from midday till 8pm on the Saturday. Fits my schedule perfectly. The very first person I see when I walk in and sit at my table is Asif, the poker tourist, who is in seat number one. I am in seat number seven. So I have Asif at my table. We had a great chat about a number of subjects, some of them poker related, some of them not poker related over the course of the day. And that to me is half the battle, getting a good table draw with people you can have a conversation with. And it was a really nice chatty table. And I had that seat draw for the entire day. So I was already made up regardless of what happened on the poker front. So Asif did not use you to cut in line. He is adamant that that did not happen. He challenges your version of the story and says he was already in the line. No, no, no. That's it. No. Anyway. Moving on. More on Asif later um i do play incredibly nitty you're absolutely right about that um during the first few levels i played a few hands i splashed around a little bit because you start with fifty thousand chips and- you gotta look if you're gonna if you're gonna goof around the the beginning levels is the time to do it at least uh, that's my strategy yes uh, it's also the only point in this event where you can really play intricate post-flop poker because even though it is a mega stack you do start with a lot of chips it's 30 minute levels the blinds get high the stacks get shallower and during the mid to late stages it does become a little bit of a shove fest that's fine you'd expect that from a 170 pound buy-in so the only hand that i have to talk about does come from the relatively early stages having splashed around a little bit i'd lost some of my starting stack i'm down to 44,000 chips but the blinds are 25500 so i've still got plenty to play with uh, so let's talk in detail about a particular hand that was played it's a fantastic journey through space and time it's hand histories pre-flop action i open under the gun joe with 10-9 suited, 10-9 of hearts. Wow, look at you, huh? I know, what, what, we're what, playing what, full ring, we're playing 10-handed, so this is a little bit loosey-goosey. What do you think, you're Vanessa Selbst over here? What's happening? So with the suited connectors, I make it 1,100, just over a min raise, and I get four callers, two of whom I have positioning on. So the other two are the small blind and the big blind, which takes us to the flop. The five of hearts, the four of hearts, the five of diamonds. So we have flopped a 10 high flush draw on a paired board. And 
I don't really know where I'm at, but I figure two overs and a flush draw, it's worth a C bet. It does get checked to me, small blind checks, big blind checks. I throw out 3,000, a relatively small bet, but I think, you know, let's see what happens. One fold, but a player in late position, I think he was in the hijack, raises to 8,000. Both blinds fold. It's back on me. The hand is now heads up. So just a reminder, I've made it three. He's made it eight. And I'm not a great reader of players. I'm not a great yeah. reader of body language, but he is exuding strength. I don't think he's doing this with a weak hand. I yeah. do think that this is likely to be either a big pair or more likely some kind of combo draw, either a straight draw or a better flush draw. And there are, bear in mind that, he just flattered pre. There are a few fives in his range. So there's f there's fives in his range. I think there's lots of better flush draws in his range. Uh, I think that you're not in great shape here most of the time, especially if you think he's strong. I think in these situations that like people tend to have it, uh, and sometimes they're just gonna try to bluff you on a paired board because um, a lot of folks are gonna uh, slow play their their trips is there. Uh, so I think that a lot of times the raise is going to be a bluff, but it's a situation where your hand uh, isn't even beating uh, many bluffs and could also be like, you know, drawing very thin if he has a better flush draw. That's my assessment thus far. All of that logic leads towards a fold. I call, which takes us to. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay. Why, uh, why call? Because I also can see maybe you think like, okay, he's just going to be bluffing here. I can even see like putting in like a three bet or something and getting him to fold his bluffs. Because I think there is a small chance he is doing this with uh, sevens, eights, and nines. I think there is a small chance he's doing this with straight draws. And I think there's small chances he's doing it or reasonable chances he's doing it with just a five. And I still have equity against those hands. Okay, and also I guess maybe certain uh, bluffs uh, he gives up on, if you call. That's true. So anyway, I do call, which takes us to... The turn. Which is the Queen of Hearts. Interesting card. We now have a flush. Now because our, the, our opponent, because the villain took the betting lead on the flop, I check. He then quickly and confidently bets 10,500 which is a not insignificant percentage of our remaining chips. And there is a strong argument here that really this is an all-in or fold spot. I actually think I said out loud, which one shouldn't do when there's still at least another betting streak <laughs> to come, this smells like a cooler. Because I just at this point think he's not fearing the heart, he's betting confidently on the heart, he could well have a better flush. And even though I think he's strong... I still can't bring myself to fold. Uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, I have a flush. And wait, yes, it's a, can, uh, wait, he can have full houses too, right? He could have full houses too. It is a paired okay. board. So crucially, I call. Which takes us to... <laughs> the river. Which is the two of clubs. So we now have, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are familiar watchers of our live stream on uh, Pokestars TV, a straighty, flushy paired board. On uh, which... Wait a second. Um, wait, uh, bah, 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 bah. Is there re-entry in this tournament? There is a re-entry, and we are during the okay. re-entry period. Which, okay, again, right. that does factor in the decision-making. I have no intention sure. of firing off a second bullet, but maybe this guy does. Um, the two of clubs on the river, I check, he shoves. And it's a quick shove as well. Doesn't even think about it. But the problem here is that having called 
the turn and you could argue that I should fold the turn that I cannot now fold the river. You pot committed yourself. I on did the turn. pot commit myself, and I go back to the fact that really it was an old, old and all fold spot on the turn. And if I am going to get away from the hand, it has to be on the turn. I can't really now fold the river. Yes, so, there are a few full houses out there. Yes, there are some flush combos that beat me. I do have blockers. Also, I still think there is the chance he could be blasting off with a random five. Right. So uh, I. In my very little information here, this snap shove on the river does not say strong to me. Okay, that's interesting. That is an interesting read. And I have to be honest with you, that did play a factor. He moved it all in so quickly. And at this point, I kind of just say, I think, again, I think this is a huge cooler, but I call. And he tables a hand I did not expect him to show up with, which is pocket jacks. You can't hear my reaction right now, but I'm just making like a <gasps> face. Um, so here's my read on the situation, and I'm going to give my opponent credit here. I figure that the raise on the flop is clearly for value, having slow played the hand pre. The bet on the turn, showing no fear of the heart or the queen, is clearly an attempt to just win it and shut the hand down. I do think the bet on the river is ill-advised, considering the fact that I did call the turn. But at this point, I have to figure he knows he's beat and he's turning jacks into a bluff. It's not a great bluff. It's an ill-timed bluff. Uh, it's not really taking stacks into consideration. And I didn't realize this, but I had him covered just. So this actually was his elimination hand. Um... But when he shows up with jacks there, I actually apologize to the table for almost slow rolling because my hand is pretty strong compared to jacks. But the way he's played it, I've got to think he's got something better than that. And that man's name, Jake Cody. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not get the player's name. As I said, that obviously then puts yeah. me in a position of strength. I've now got a stack of nearly 90,000 and then I can just happily fold for the next two hours. I want to say against a nittier player, that bluff is going to get through, but it doesn't get much nittier than you, so I guess it was a bad bluff. Yeah. So when what happens is for the next four levels... Uh, I don't. I didn't say. I wouldn't say I didn't play a hand. But I certainly didn't win a single hand. It was pretty slow for the rest of the day, to be honest with you. I was playing my patented survival game. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Asif, and this was on the last hand of the reentry period. Asif limp shoved under the gun with tens. Got called by the big blind with ace four of hearts. It was uh. a four four x flop, and <sighs> Asif did not take it well. He did later say. I probably overreacted a bit there, but he wasn't happy by the ace four call. And sure, it probably was not a good call, but you can't be blasting off at your opponents like that. And as I said, Azif later did back down on that subject. Right. Well, I also don't like the whole limp shoving with tens. Like, I don't know what you really expect to happen there. Like most of the time when you get called, you're going to be in really big trouble or flipping. Uh, so for him to get called with ace four is kind of exactly what you want. <laughs> I did I say know. that. I did say you kind of want a call there. And again, he didn't take it well. If you're uh, going to berate anybody, it's the dealer. You're supposed to berate <laughs> the dealer in that case 
for putting out exactly the two as if you are the trademarked poker tourist you've been around the world you should know this by now um during the break by the way there were some guys playing spin and goes who loves it more you're on a 20 minute break from a live <laughs> event let's fire up some spin and goes on our mobiles uh during the next session uh i won another all in ace king against ace queen kept my head above water reshoving with sevens and later with queens didn't get any action um, as my stack started to bleed down again, got it in with King Nine from the small blind, got snap called by the big blind with jacks, and of course, I hit a king on the flop. Very lucky. I still have a weird thing, by the way, about the bunk triangles. During the day, I noticed there was one branded triangle and one bunk triangle, and I would always request the branded triangle because I just don't trust those off brand knockoffs. Um, there was a guy at my table who. Looked like he was going to make a deep run in this event. In fact, when I eventually busted, he was still in. He picked up queens three times in one orbit and won three all-ins with queens See, in a single the, orbit. That's the crazy part of winning three times with them. Now, because we're playing four-hour sessions, sorry, four-level sessions, which is a two-hour session, I can't make it to the break without going to the bathroom, which means I do that classic rush to the toilets, rush back. And, of course, like any poker room, the Hippodrome has those hobbit-sized tables for drinks, which inevitably I can't see because they're below my eye line. So at one point, I kicked over a guy's nuts. I'm sorry. Um, but I did make it back to the table to play the last few hands of the night, took out a guy with ace-king against sevens, and here's the callback to Joe's last mega stack, the penultimate hand of the night, Hartigan picks up aces under the gun. Okay. Opens to 2.5x, thinking, yeah. am I going to run into kings? No, everyone folded pre-flop. Uh, <laughs> which meant that we made it to day two. And we came back on the Sunday. Did you auto-cash or no? No, not at all. I came back with 212,000, which equated to 26 bigs. It was just below the average. So average stack was fewer than 30 big blinds. 179 players remaining. 111 would get paid. And the first level, I got a double up. Got it in with 10s. My opponent had queens. And I hit a 10 on the flop. And... Obviously, I'm happy, but I also just felt so guilty. I yeah. do genuinely feel bad in those spots. So Same. I did a graphical Dave on the guy, but crucially, it meant that I was able to pretty much breeze into the money without playing a hand. Um, at that point, a guy came to the table who his very first hand, he opened 5x. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a little bit extraordinary. And he did reveal that he was Jacks. playing his first ever live tournament the oh, first cool. time he'd ever played in a casino and he also cashed so good for him um after making the money joe nursed a short stack moving forward and basically was playing survival poker as i'm moving up the money ladder um and bear in mind the money only jumps with every 20 25 eliminations uh, i shoved with ace king twice didn't get any action shoved with tens didn't get any action and then came that awful situation where you get to around the 10 big blind mark and you realize that your fold equity is dwindling and now you really do have to get it in with a legitimate hand. You can't just be shoving with any two cards. And I bled down to seven big blinds and found myself reshoving with king-queen, a spot where the original raiser has to call, didn't like making the call. It was a guy called uh, Guy Duggan. His name's Guy. Guy called Guy. He called okay. me with queen six of clubs. There was a six on the turn, a six on the river. Hey, 
I'd sucked out with King Nine against Jacks. I'd sucked out with Tens against Queens. It was I was due, and so I had no issue with going out in forty first place. Uh, Guy Duggan later tweeted at me, "Did not put your chips to good use. Came seventeenth, but hey, seventeenth <laughs> place finish is still pretty solid." So we cashed out for four hundred and three pounds in our forty first place finish. I mean, that's a really solid prize for forty first place. That is bigger than anything I've ever wanted to hit a hippodrome in a tournament, at least. Now, the one thing I should say is that going into this, I did joke that I was going to try and bag the Platinum Pass because I wanted to make Patrick Antonius dinner, just like Platinum Pass winner Filippo got to do when he came to Monte Carlo. Chris Moneymaker then appears on social media saying, hey, if you don't win, you can make me dinner. I asked Chris, would you settle for a sandwich? Of course, he said yes, which means the bet was on. And now, because I have failed to win a Platinum Pass, I will make a peanut butter sandwich for Chris Moneymaker in Barcelona. Uh, James, I just, you know, you, you, you weren't eligible to win the Platinum Pass at all. Do you think Chris would have held you to the letter of the law and made you make him a sandwich no matter what? No, because as far as I'm concerned, if I win the event, I've earned the right not to make money maker food. Um, <laughs> I think it was Phil on Twitter who said, hang on a second. If everyone who fails to win a platinum pass has to make money maker, maker a sandwich, that's a lot of sandwiches. To which I point out, he's a large guy with a big appetite. He's uh, and plus plus sandwiches are just delicious. I will help Chris out with some of the sandwiches. I have no, uh, no issues there. Uh, great event as always at the Hippodrome. William Kasouf was there. Uh, he cashed. Muskan Sati, newest member of Team Pro. She made the money. Uh, obviously saw many of the Hippodrome regulars like Kelly Saxby. Um, it was fun. So thanks to Hippodrome for putting on that event. Look forward to the next one. But no, Joe, no Platinum Pass or equivalent for James. Yeah, but guess who did? These guys. Welcome to a new Yeah, and just to remind everyone, a Platinum Pass is a $30,000 package to the Pokestars Players No Limit Hold'em Championship. It's a 25k event taking place in the Bahamas just before the PCA main event in January 2019. So the 30k package is buying to what's likely to be the biggest 25k ever held, plus travel money, plus accommodation, plus expenses. Um, I think we have given out 110 near enough, or maybe slightly more Platinum Passes now. That's more than a third of the 320 that will be awarded live and online throughout 2018. First of all, Joe, have a listen to this guy, a very excitable Brazilian winner at the BSOP. <laughs> Well, you know, I've always said uh, the Brazilians are a passionate people. Uh, you said that, that we've given away 110 platinum passes. Uh, I think it's more third. than 110 now. 
Sure, but we got we're, we got two thirds of the passes left to get. Is there going to be like a big platinum pass drop at the end? Because we're halfway through the year and only a third of the way through the passes. Is it going to be like, and you get a platinum pass, and you get a platinum pass? Well, obviously you've got the uh, team pros, the ambassadors. They've got their giveaways going on right now. All the various promotions they're running. We got Barcelona coming up. We got W Coop after that. Um, there's some other stuff planned for the back end of the year, which is really exciting. Uh, okay, that guy, cool. by the way, was Regario Pereira, and he won an all-in or fold event at BSOP Natal. Uh, there are two Platinum Pass winners that I thought we should focus on on this particular podcast, Joe. Uh, one is a guy who picked up his pass in NJ Coop. We'll talk to him in a moment. But the guy I'm really keen to talk to is the player who won the Platinum Pass courtesy of us because when we have a live stream from a live event on PokerStars TV we have the daily challenges which give people the opportunity to get into a free roll on the final table day to win one of these 30k packages and in Monte Carlo it was won by a gentleman called Tone Vonken from the Netherlands and I'm very pleased to say that having chased him down in the last few weeks we can finally get him on the podcast so please welcome to Poker in the Ears Tone Vonken. Welcome, Tone. Hey, greetings you. You are Joe Stapleton? No, I'm the other one. <laughs> I like this guy already, Joe. Um, obviously, we are absolutely <laughs> thrilled that you won a Platinum Pass courtesy of PokerStars TV. The first thing to say is congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And what's your story? Because I get the impression, and I know you should never judge anyone, by their voice, but I do get the impression that you might be an older gentleman. Yes, that's correct. I'm uh, 69. Wow! I believe you actually have the honour of being the oldest Platinum Pass winner so far. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> no, what? I, uh, it's great. Yeah, what at 69 years old, what is the biggest poker tournament you've ever played in? Uh, that's a couple of years ago in the uh, Russet in Belgium and Namen. And the 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 B the B uh, what do they call that, James? The Belgian uh, world BSOP, the BSOP. Yeah. Yes. No, that's the Brazilian series of poker. You're thinking of the Belgian poker series, the BPS. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. No, it was not the BPS. It was uh, I I don't know uh, what it was recalled, but uh, I won well, also. I won also a ticket uh, on Poker Stars for that tournament. So, and you won it uh, from watching our live stream? No, that's from Belgium. I won that on uh, also on PokerStar. Right, of course. I'm sorry. I meant to say that, but you're a, you're a live stream viewer. You watch, uh, you like what watching poker, and that's how you won this Platinum Pass. Yes, I like uh, to watch poker on uh, TV, yes. I'm interested to know, because this was something we talked about during Monte Carlo, Ton, is whether whoever won that free roll was going to be someone who started with a big stack or a small stack, because obviously you had to complete those daily challenges. How many of the challenges were you actually able to complete over the course of those six days? All the six. You did do all six. See, yes. if you put the time in, if you watch the stream every day, if you get that extra stack, it puts you an advantage. Fantastic. Yes, that was a big advantage. So you could uh, start that tournament uh, playing uh, really tight till the, the mad people were out. And then you guys started. 
Well, talking of mad people, and I'm sure you came up against him because I think he made the final table, but our very own X-Flix, Felix Schneiders, somehow found himself in that free roll. And at one point we thought, oh no, one of our sponsored pros is going to win the Platinum <laughs> Pass that we were supposed to give to one of our viewers. No, I, uh, he lost for me, so he was out. <laughs> Boom, justice. Ton, uh, when you're playing this free roll for the platinum pass, are you yeah. nervous? Do you, are you a you know are you like conscious? Are you thinking about how big this prize is, and does it make you nervous? No, I uh, never as expected to win that tournament. I was happy that I was uh, with the last uh, forty-five, so I had a ticket from a twenty-two dollars tournament. <laughs> That's fantastic! Uh, happy with the twenty-two dollars. The thirty k is a bonus. Yeah, the real bonus. When I I was, uh, I think one of the small small stacks uh, when they reached the twenty two dollar bonus, I take it, and then uh, the cards start to uh, go really really well. And it was a bit lucky. You need a bit luck at that from that moment on. That is fantastic. Obviously, Joe asked you about like the biggest event you played to date. How long have you been playing poker? Is it a recent discovery, or does it go back many? Many, many years. <laughs> no, maybe uh, 10 years. All right, so it's a game you've got into in later life. Yes. And I'm interested, what was your story before then? What? Tell us about yourself. Uh, what do you want to know? Well, what did you do for a living? Because I'm assuming you're retired now. Yes, I'm retired now. I was uh, a manager of maintenance. You're, uh, you work with your hands, you fix things. No. I did when I was young, but later on I uh, I, wa I was a manager and uh, so the I sent the people to uh, do the work. Oh, you became a boss. Yeah, I was a boss. Well, like now you're it. a boss again. Yeah, now you're a poker <laughs> boss. I want to I want to know about uh, th this trip to the Bahamas. Have you planned it out already? Are you taking your? Uh, I hear you got a lady there with you. Are you guys going to go together? Uh, yes, we come. Uh, Margaret comes with me. With two of us, but we uh, uh, really don't know. We don't know yet uh, how we travel. I think we uh, from Düsseldorf to where we went to a travel agent, and we uh, they explained how we the best way to get there. Well, so the best we, way to the best way to get there is that yeah. we're going to send all the uh, all the tables and the uh, the set on a big boat. James, we can just put them on the boat, can't we? Are you okay to leave in October? <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, um, I will, we will miss our grandchildren too much then. Oh, yeah. I, something tells me that a plane may be uh, a better it's, option. It's the best way, yeah. I mean, yeah. Are, you guys, are you guys looking for more grandchildren? Because when Ton wins this tournament for like $4 million, I'm going yeah. to want an upgrade on my Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think so, yes. But uh, Christmas is before the tournament. Oh, so that's true. Wait another year. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's incredible that you're both going to get to go. What expectations do you have of this event? On it's a 25k buy-in. It's a high roller. It's going to feature some of the biggest, best names in the game. Are you just going with a kind of well, in for nothing? Might as well just enjoy it. Or are you going to be working on your game, trying to beat those pros at the table? Well, there could be some pros on the table. That would be very nice. I hope I could reach the stage of where the money is going out. That of course. Could come, yeah. 
and uh, when it come to the final table, it would be a fairy tale. Absolutely. Well, it's a, it's a story that we hope to be there to follow, and I really want you to be a part of it because we always feel that you're our Platinum Pass winners. Obviously, we had uh, Mickaway at the PCA. We've got you from Monte Carlo. As far as we're concerned, it was because of our stream that you have your Platinum Pass. So we're very much going to have a foot in your camp, even though we're strictly impartial. Obviously, we want everyone who competes in the PokerStars Players and the Holden Championship to win. Um, <laughs> but crucially, even though you've already got the pass, are you going to be watching our live stream from Barcelona? And Are you, are you still going to do the challenges? I have a ticket for the challenge and... Uh... And I watch it when the EPD on Barcelona, I will watch it, of course. Fantastic. Are you going to try to win another platinum pass? That's the question. <laughs> it would be unbelievable when the, that was going on. But I can only play once. Okay. Yeah. Can I, uh, when I have two platinum passports, can I then twice start in the tournament? No, I'm afraid not. You can only win one. Can I give one ticket away? No, I'm afraid you can't. I think it would probably go to the runner-up, but I still think it would be a really boss thing to do, to basically crush both free rolls, to say you won both, and basically say, hey, hey, dude, to finish second, have the platinum pass, even though I crushed you heads up. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Tom, thank you very much for talking to us today, and your lovely wife. We look forward to seeing you both in the Bahamas. Uh, Good luck with making those travel plans, and good luck with all your preparations ahead of the event in the Bahamas in January. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you you guys. Yeah, see you guys in January. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Poker in the ears. Well, from one Platinum Pass winner to another, uh, Joe, I know you're very excited about our next guest because you love it when an American wins something on PokerStars. And just to be clear, an American wins something on PokerStars, the gaming site, not one of our live events, actually playing online poker in the United States of America. Yes, I am very excited about that. Mike Page, buddy, uh, well done. Platinum Pass, one of the only American winners. It's certainly one of the only ones to win it on American soil. Uh, how did that feel? Uh, it, it was actually, it was wild. So the scoop high and low, uh, events, like I had only recently found out probably like a week prior that there was a 30 K platinum pass, atta- uh, attached to winning it. So my best friend who also plays poker full time, uh, on the NJ site, he goes, listen, I don't care if you're not playing poker at all this year, you're cashing on $50 to play in the low. And so I ended up cashing on $500 and it, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to leave this $450 on the side. I might as well buy into the high too. And I ended <laughs> nice. up winning the high. They love people like you. You're their best customer. I'm not going to cash out this money. I'm going <laughs> to keep playing. I love it. You've got that uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey accent poker. You like to play poker. <laughs> T- yep, tournament. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you say, do you say tournament? I, I probably do say tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your deal? You uh, you got a day job? You're a professional poker player? Uh, I would say I, I, I've only really been playing in the PokerStars NJ uh, scoop and like the uh, championship events like uh, in the spring and the winter for, for then. But like I was trying to be professional before they shut down uh, poker in New Jersey. For the most part, I just do catering bartending now for for cash flow as well as I own a rental property with my brother. Cool. What part of New Jersey are you in? Cause I lived in Jersey city for a while and I got to tell you, it was one of, I didn't, I only lived there for about 10 months, but it was maybe the one of some of the best 10 months of my life. 
Uh, I live in southern Jersey, around Manahawkin area, uh, the the known area around there is Long Beach Island. Okay, and so you're what? That's past Atlantic City, also, right? Uh, it is north of Atlantic City. Oh, it's okay. So, uh, are you a live player as well? Well, yeah, we'll go down to like um, I have a group of friends that all all play. Well, maybe not all of them, but about five or six of them play, and we'll go down to uh, Borgata for some of the open events and play down there. And so for this platinum pass that your friend convinced you sort of, uh, you know, to get involved and get, uh, you know, on your path for this, uh, are you and your poker friends, do they have any pieces or you got a hundred percent of yourself this pass? How's this going to get divided up? So the friend who told me to play, we kept swapping percentages with each bullet that he fired into the scoop high. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he has 5% of me and nobody else has anything. Wow. Playing for 95% of yourself. I know you're in Vegas right yep. now, Mike. Was that always the plan? Or did you decide, if I'm going to play this 25K event in January, I need to play a lot more live poker between now and then? So interesting story we come out here since uh, i'm 30 years old now so since uh since we've all been 21 uh we come out here for the world series every year so for the past nine years and this year like i said i hadn't really been playing that much poker um so i was thinking about staying down in uh staying in new jersey and working at one of the casinos that i worked at uh in atlantic city because it's reopening it closed for a while uh, for about three years and now it's currently reopening this literally this like uh, week and a half, like it's reopening, uh, it's getting everything started. And a lot of my old managers have offered, had offered me jobs. And I was like, listen, I, I just kind of want a lot of money on poker. And I really want to go out on this trip that I usually go on and, you know, give myself a little heat check. If I, if I'm, if I'm running hot and I'm going to win a tournament out in Vegas, it's like a life changing experience. So I told them all, I'm like, listen, I'm going to go out to Vegas. And then if I still need a job, when I get back, I'll uh, talk to all you guys. That is amazing that you go, look, uh, I'm probably going to go to Vegas and like win life changing money. But if not, then I'll consider taking your job offer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, uh, it's today is day three of the Colossus and there's 31 left. And I just bagged 1.8 million. Nice. Wait, 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 wait. You're down the final 31 in the fucking Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. What, yes. what is that? Like, what is that up top? Uh, 1 million. You're 30 players away from a million dollars? Yes, I am. Oh, what a sicko. I can't believe we got this guy now. He's going imp- <laughs> to be impossible to get after tomorrow. Also, even crazier, uh, last year, one of my best friends won the Colossus. Man, New Jersey has become like, New Jersey is like the Germany of the United States. <laughs> there is also another Jersey Borgata poker player still in the tournament as well in the final 31. I actually wanted to ask you about this because like, you know, Blumstein won um, last year. He won the main event. And, yep. you know, t- typically I do a game this time of year called uh, Scoop Leaderboard or a Porn Uploader. And I'll read you a screen name. <laughs> And you have to tell me whether it's someone from. And I, I was looking through the NJ scoop, and I was like, "This New Jersey poker community, they all know each other. Like, I'll never stump yep. you with with a name from from the New Jersey site, will I? Not with any of the regulars. I mean, that's crazy. You guys all know each other. Is it tough playing uh, in such a like a small pool and a pool of like which probably contains a lot of your friends? Uh, it is a little tough, but at the same time, you also have a lot of information because you're playing so many hands with the same people. And I mean, I, for someone like me who doesn't really play outside of like the scoop events, 
Um, I hope that they have less information on me, but I okay. mean, chances are they just have outdated information on me, and I don't know if that's actually good or bad, but I should be able to use it to my advantage, just knowing that most of the poker players should have tags on me. Now, with your victory in the uh, online event, and obviously a deep run in the Colossus, needs to be careful, Mike. Do not use up all your run good now. There's still <laughs> six I, months I, to go I, until the PSPC. I know, I know. It's wild. Uh, I understand that apart from playing poker, you're also a big video game player. I think you've competed yep. uh, uh, in, in various... What, what, what games and, and how good were you? Uh, I was uh, a Legend Hearthstone player. Wow. I played, I played Overwatch. I got to like the top 700 in North America in Overwatch. I played League of Legends uh, quite a bit last year. I put in a lot of time last year. I got up to Diamond 3 in North America, which would be probably like the top... 0.1%, I think like the top 2,500 players, maybe a little higher. I'm not, I don't remember exactly where I peaked. Um, I play World of Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft a lot. Uh, currently they have like a new dungeon system where they're competing and I'm on like the top, uh, I'd say top 50 in my class on my server, which is like probably that one's not as prestigious, probably only like 50 in like a couple thousand or so. So no girlfriend uh, then. <laughs> no single girlfriend. But, uh, <laughs> That's good. No, it's, I, hey, times are different. Serious. These jokes, th that joke probably has like another six months left in it because, <laughs> man, video games players are now the fucking rock stars. I mean, uh, Elky oh. was the first. They had it in Korea, but these, I'm so jealous of people that are good at video games and stream them. Yeah, yeah. It, so Elky. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Elky. One of my uh, one of my friends that I played League with quite a bit last year used to play World of Warcraft with Elky um, in the first few arena se uh, seasons. Like they were like really good friends, and now he's like a big time streamer, like out of nowhere. And then like my friend was just first of all, he didn't know that Elky streamed, and like I watch Twitch a lot, and a lot of my other buddies that I play video games with, like we all watch Twitch and like downtime, we're just like, you know, messing around, not doing anything, and so we'll just throw on somebody's stream, and like they mentioned Elky stream, and, th and this kid was like, wait, wait, like Elky, Elky, like this, this, this is the kid I used to play with, and like all of a sudden he's a big time streamer, he's like, holy shit, this is insane, like I used to play with this kid every single day of my life. You see, I was going to give Joe a simple choice, Mike, which was whether he wanted to get some Hearthstone tips from you, which he badly needs, or whether he preferred <laughs> to discuss Scotch, because I understand that's one of your other passions. You know a lot about Scotch. Yeah, uh, so since since I've moved in with uh, my best friend, I moved back from Atlantic City with my best friend in my hometown, he started getting into Scotch, and I had, I had been drinking a lot of, like, bourbon and stuff, like, after work, you know, when you're just sitting at the bar shooting the shit with your, uh, your other bartending friends, and I started really liking, like, all kinds of whiskey, so we, since I've moved in, probably in the last three years, we've probably spent, I, I would imagine, like, $8,000 on, on Scotch at our bar. I gotta move back to New Jersey, man. I gotta <laughs> hang out with these guys. Video game. I want to do a Twitch stream where we play and just drink some Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> so the funny thing is, we we do stream every now and then on like a Wednesday or so, and like we uh, we watch like uh, like funny sitcoms or something. It's not a big stream by any means at all, and we we'll usually play like Clash Royale or something like that, and we just sit there, drink scotch, watch. 
watch funny shows on TV, and then we'll play like mini games and shit, like mini card games for like shots or something like that. You're describing that Joe's it. dream existence. This is the life I, Joe Stapleton <laughs> wants to live. I'm, I'm going to bring a few girls to this party, <laughs> and I'm moving back to New Jersey, buddy. I'll bunk you with you, man. <laughs> hey, it sounds good. <laughs> so I mentioned there's six months to go, Mike. What are your expectations for the PSPC? Um, I, I mean... They're getting a little bit different right now as I'm I not bet. thinking as much about <laughs> that tournament as the one I'm currently in. He's trying to figure but, out how to dodge taxes on a million dollars between now yeah. and then. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, I mean, for expectation-wise, I, I just want to go there. I want to study a bunch of poker before I get there because I know compared to some of the Obviously, there's going to be a lot of pros that play in this too, and all I want is to be. I don't. I don't want to feel like I'm so far beneath the pros that I don't know what they're doing or what they're trying to do to me. Because I know I'm not going to be able to get up to that level no matter how much I play in the next six months. So expectation-wise, I'm just trying to compete in the tournament. If I cash, if I don't cash, whatever. I just. I, I hope not to make any devastating mistakes that would be the cause of me getting out of the tournament. Well, Mike, we look forward to seeing you at the Atlantis Resort in the new I'm, year. Look, I've, I've got a proposal for Mike. Mike, okay. come track me down at Atlantis. We'll do like a little video blog of me and you. We'll drink some Johnny Walker Red. It'll be $50 a glass. <laughs> all right. Because I think that's all I'll be able to afford there. But I would love to uh, have a glass of scotch with you and maybe talk to you before you go play. And we will certainly be uh, following your, uh, your, your progress in that tournament. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, I, I hopefully, hopefully the run good extends all the way into uh, into PCAs. So I, I can only hope. Just gonna have to win the main event too. So yeah, just keep it going. I mean, you're from the Germany of the US, so why not? Yeah. And just yep. to be clear, Joe's offer is open to all platinum pass winners. So that's three hundred twenty <laughs> multiplied by fifty. You do the math. It's a lot of money. Uh, Mike, best of luck in the rest of the events you play in Vegas. We'll be watching your progress, and we look forward to seeing you in the Bahamas. Congrats again. Yep. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. Good luck. And the giving does not stop with Platinum Passes because we run free rolls here on Poker in the Ears. Uh, a couple of tweets regarding last week's free roll. Um, a gentleman by the name of Tim tweets at both of us, I know you said not to tag you with wins, <laughs> but here is a fourth place finish in this week's free roll. Dear Future Nuts, you finished the tournament in fourth place. Uh, US dollar 47.50 award has been credited to your stars account. And Joe, you allowed this. I was gonna. I allowed it. You know, it was a, it was a good troll. I, 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 you know what? I feel like my what, I'm fickle in what I will allow and not allow. And he caught me at the right time. And I was like, huh, this is mildly amusing. I'll allow it. The other tweet about the free roll we received was from a gentleman called Peter. You may recognize the name. He was on last week's show. I might not have beaten Joe at one flow of the Cuckoo's Nest trivia for the 109 ticket, but. I got an awesome hoodie, and I took down the free roll for $137. Hashtag not too shabby. A super fan has taken down the free roll. I'm going to have to allow that also. <laughs> well, we're not going to retrospectively redact the result, so good thing. Uh, well done, Peter. I'm sorry you didn't win Superfan versus Stapes, but you did win the free roll. Uh, your chance to win a first prize in that region is coming up this weekend because our next $500 free roll takes place on Sunday, June the 10th. Here are the times in three different time zones. 2.40 p.m. EDT, 7.40 p.m. BST, 
8.40pm CEST. Usual caveats, the game won't appear in the lobby until 15 minutes before it starts. There's no late registration period. It's only open to players from Canada and Europe. You'll find it in the lobby by searching Moneymaker Sandwich, because that <laughs> is the forfeit that I now have to I, live out. And I the- am not uh, I'm not eating a Moneymaker Sandwich, just so you know, James. Not <laughs> now, not, not now, not never. And the password is 41st place, which is where I finished in the London Mega Stack. So that's 4-1-S-T-P-L-A-C-E. 41st place is the password for Moneymaker Sandwich taking place on Sunday. Question is, will... This weekend's free roll be won by this week's superfan. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Well, this week on Poker in the Ears, we welcome Mr. Chris Unsworth. Hello, Chris. Hi, yeah, how are you? I always judge a man by a Skype avatar, and you have three Lego Stormtroopers. Chris, I've decided I like you. That's great. Wait, you mean uh, Star Wars Stormtroopers and not the Nazi kind, I hope. Just to be clear, <laughs> Star Wars Stormtroopers. <laughs> okay, good. Chris, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are you? I'm very good. What's your, what's your deal, bro? Tell us some stuff about you. Well, so um, I live in a place called Norwich, um, and I work as a compliance manager. Um, But at the moment, my life consists of unpacking boxes because I've just recently moved house. Hey, nice. What's the new house like? Um, It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a brand new build one, so uh, there's a lot of work that needs doing to it. Hang on, hang on. Lives in Norwich, had his own house, bespoke built. Are you Alan Partridge? (laughs) No, no. I was going to say, this uh, This show is, is uh, at 2 a.m. as simulcast at North Norwich Radio. No, no, nothing as glamorous as, as being Alan Partridge. But you have internet already in your new house? That's good. That makes me feel really isolated when I move well, into a new place and I don't have internet for a while. Actually, no, I've had to come over to my parents and steal their internet. Oh, I have still, I'm still living off my parents' data plan as well. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, still a lot of stuff that needs to be sorted out for it. So at the moment, Chris, while you're at home, you can't play online poker. This is a disaster for our bottom line. Sort it out. <laughs> well, I, I, I still I can still play via my phone. So uh, that is true. The, the Poker Stars app. Hooray for the mobile app. Hashtag yeah. play on Poker Stars. Do you get to play live much? Um, yeah. So I actually play uh, once a week one of those pub league ones yeah um i was hoping to try to make it down to the hippodrome last weekend as well but obviously moving house uh, I, I was would have probably been in a doghouse if i'd have <laughs> ducked up everything and come down oh yeah that's too bad too because i, I that's probably going to ever be the last tournament of the hippodrome just kidding there'll probably be like another one in a few weeks so you're all set oh that's great so chris i take it you are a fan of the 1993 movie the fugitive because that's what you've picked as your specialist subject yeah, so I remember when I used to when I was in school and I used to be off like during the holidays and see the trailers for it when it first came out. And um, yeah, I've just loved it ever since. I mean, I've probably lost track of the amount of times I've watched it. 
Yeah, I mean, there have been so many attempts to make movies from TV shows, and once in a while you get a really good example of that. I mean, if you think of, like, The Untouchables, for example, that was a really fine movie, but generally they don't work. This one did work. I remember going to see it at the cinema thinking, I thoroughly enjoyed that, not least because of the leads, Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, and also it's one of those films that has aged really well. I mean, it's 25 years old now, and you watch it and you think it could almost have been recently released as well. I get the impression that you've probably seen this film relatively recently. I now have to ask the question, Joe Stapleton, when was the last time you saw The Fugitive? 1993. Okay, I have, while we've been conversing, Chris, just glanced over the questions that Robbie the Intern has prepared, and Joe... The over-under, I'm going to predict for you, zero. Really? These are pretty hard questions. There's, I think, one I would have guessed the correct answer to. The rest, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Well, congratulations, Chris Unsworth. You've won yourself a $27 ticket and a, and a mini chip set. Thanks I, for being on the show. Now, just to be clear, I fear that we are out of mini chip set, so it's going to be some alternative piece of PokerStar swag. And you haven't won the satellite ticket yet, Chris. There is the there is the small matter of the quiz to get through. It's not merely a formality, asterisk. It's a formality. Um, you know the drill. You know how it works. I don't need to describe the rules, the multiple choice options, the options of taking two points or one point. Uh, there are 12 questions to pick from. You're going to get five questions each. So pick a number. We'll start with number one. Number one. How many results did Richard Kimball end up with when searching for his wife's killer? <laughs> oh, my God. So ultimately ended up with five. He did for two points. Well done. You didn't even need the multiple choice options. And there is a bonus question. How many results did the cops find when using the same database? I'm going to go with 42. Close. 47. Uh, don't worry. I don't think you have anything to be concerned about. <laughs> Based on Joe's reaction to that first question. <laughs> uh... uh yeah, Jays, when we are playing the games, the flipping, you know, it is the seven that is always coming. Always coming seven. When Copeland and Kimball are undoing their leg irons and about to escape into the woods, what are Richard Kimball's parting words? I'll take the multiple choice, please. Does he say, be good, don't follow me, be cool, I'll catch you later? Don't follow me. No, it was be good. Joe, you Sorry. haven't scored a point yet. Well, hey, man, it's just one question. Just one Jesus. question. There's four more to go. Plus, maybe Still you'll steal not. if Chris gets one wrong. Uh, Chris, your second question. Uh, let's pick Joe's lucky number nine. Lucky number nine. You son of a bitch. What was the first name of the boy who Richard Kimball saved the life of in hospital? Uh, Josh. Oh, I do not have that as the answer. Oh, no. Yeah. Joe, you can steal. And multiple choice multiple. options. Okay. Multiple choice me, James. Okay. Adam, Joel, Benjamin, or Michael? I'm going to have to be a jerk and say Joel. You mm. score a point. Damn, on the board. There is also a bonus question, which goes back to Chris, because it is officially his round. What name does Gerard read from the ID that Richard stole to enter the hospital? Oh, that's uh, Desmondo Josea Ruiz. Correct for a bonus point. You're 3-1 up, and Joe, it's your question. What the shit? Uh, 
Well, that was my lucky number question. So, you know, how about question 11? That's my other secret lucky number. Okay, it's Joe's secret lucky number. Uh, question 11. Before Richard's wife's death, they're driving home and Richard gets a phone call to report to the hospital for surgery. What does his wife say? <laughs> oh, Richard, you and your phone calls. Now I'll take the multiple tries. <laughs> does she say, don't be too long. I'll wait up for you. Don't leave me tonight. I'll be waiting for you. Don't leave me tonight would be a really good one because then she gets murdered but i feel like don't be too long is what i remember let's go with don't leave me tonight no it's actually b i'll wait up for you you can't say to a doctor don't leave me tonight you can't try and emotionally blackmail him into not saving someone's life Right, I just thought it might have been, like, really heart-wrenching when she says, don't leave me tonight, and then she dies. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think everyone's better than that. Chris, your next question. Two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, or twelve? Oh, uh, we'll go with number two. Number two. Now, I need you to be specific in your answer. What is Dr. Richard Kimball's profession? He is a vascular surgeon. He is, for two points. You are now 5-1 up. Joe, if, your next if, question. If I had said heart surgeon, would that have been the same? No, because that was one of the other options. Oh, wow, okay. Well, I wouldn't have gotten it then. Go, uh, uh, number 12, please. Question number 12. What was the name of the hair coloring that Richard Kimball used to alter his appearance? Uh, like, uh, the color or the name of the brand? The name of the brand. Or maybe it is a, um... Or maybe, I'm not sure, it could be a brand, or it could be the description of the colour. You're going to take right, the options I'll, anyway, so just... I'll, well, no, we, uh, go ahead, I'll take the options. Okay. Natural man, dark and natural, dark and sexy, colour for men. Dark and natural. Correct, for a point. Woo! Wow, you've, you've exceeded my expectations by <laughs> two. Been doing that my whole life. Chris, your penultimate question. Um, we'll go next one, number three. Number three. Where does Kimball say he is when on the phone to his lawyer? Uh, St. Louis. He does indeed for two points. Joe. Just, just pick one. <laughs> uh, okay, number five. What was the first thing that Richard Kimball said to Gerard? First thing and I'm going to give you a clue so that you don't have to take the multiple choice options. You referenced, you referenced this moment in the movie when we closed out last week's podcast. I didn't do it. Be specific, please. I didn't murder my wife. I'm going to give him the points, Chris. I didn't kill my <laughs> wife, but it was near enough, which gets you to four points. Chris, you still have a 7-4 lead heading into the final round. Uh, what would you like as your final question? Uh, whichever one comes next hasn't been taken. Okay, question four. What word does Gerard use to... Uh, sorry. What word does Gerard refuse to accept as an actual word when his colleague says it? Oh, that's uh, hinky. Hinky for two points. And the bonus question attached to this. What does hinky mean? Uh, strange or weird. Correct. He nails it for the bonus point. Joe, final question. Uh, what's left? Six, eight or ten. I'm going to... Ooh. Let's go with 10. 
Where does Dr. Richard Kimball work? I'll take the choices, please. Chicago Memorial Hospital, Cook County Hospital, Chicago General Hospital, or St. Joseph's Medical Center? Chicago Memorial Hospital. Correct! Which means, Joe, you actually managed to put up five points, but Chris Unsworth, our superfan, wins by a two-to-one margin with a score of ten points. Congratulations, Chris. You have won this week's round of Superfan versus Stapes. That's great. Thank you very much. I mean, look, this is uh, embarrassing, but uh, U.S. Marshals is the better of the two movies, let's be no. honest. No, no. no. <laughs> It's like Richard with his alien covenant line. (laughs) I think James would agree with me on that one. I would also say, though, that it wasn't a bad sequel, and I quite liked the fact that rather than continuing the Richard Kimball story, they took the Tommy Lee Jones character and tried to create another movie in that universe that was a bit different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think having the continuity with the the actual same team of of marshals there as well was, was, was quite good. Uh, but Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to ship you the ticket. We're going to ship you some swag. Uh, congrats once again, and thanks for all your support. That's great. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Just before we close out the show, Joe, a quick update from Christian Toms. You might remember this is the guy who's currently binge listening through old episodes. Just had a poker in the ears urinal moment. Sunday afternoon, North London pub. Entered to find only the middle urinal free. The cubicles were full. (laughs) After a moment's hesitation, went for it with elbows in. And within seconds, I was standing alone at middle urinal. (laughs) Hashtag awkward. It's been a while since we've had a middle urinal chat on the podcast, but they were numerous, certainly in the early days. So thank you for the memories, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Thanks for listening to all of the shows. And we are just about all out of time for this week's show. Next week, we will be reviewing The Gambler with uh, James. What's his name? Khan. James Khan, not Mark Wahlberg. I did. I have seen the Mark Wahlberg one. Um I feel like I might know the producer of that movie now, so I'm not going to say what I thought of that movie. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, Solo, we will be reviewing. Including the Sabak scenes, which are kind of like poker. Great. Uh, special guest appearance next week from the newest face on the Poker Stars Team Pro roster. Muskan Sadie is going to be on the show. Yes. Uh We do still need a super fan, don't forget, for the gambler. And uh, look, I am... I am not above searching every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse <laughs> oh, in wow. the area. He completed the trifecta. He went for it all three times. To find that uh, it's going to be our last episode before our extended summer break. And I was wondering, do you think it's possible? Anytime I put this out there, nobody ever answers anyway. But could I crowdsource some ideas for my World Series of Poker sideline bits? Do you think people... Am I allowed to do that on the show? Can people write in and give me some ideas for stuff I should do at the World Series? I will allow it on the condition that there is actually content worth reading out loud. Okay, fine. So, so you, you can have... ask, but if they do not right. fulfill your request or if the response are really lame, we're just going to skip over it and stick to movies next week. Use the hashtag poker in the ears if you have uh, suggestions for things I should do on the sideline for anything that I do on the sideline that uh, I end up using and makes it to either Poker Go or to ESPN, I will send you a, uh, a prize on Poker Stars uh, from my own pocket. I will like a little bit like a commission, like a finder's fee, like a, 
like a like an incubator type of fee. We'll make it. Uh, what what can you play a tournament for? Twenty? Do they have twenty two dollar tournaments? Oh yeah, twenty two bucks. We'll make it twenty two bucks for every idea that uh, ends up making it onto onto the airwaves. Uh, and uh, as long as we are talking about social media, using that hashtag poker in the ears for your suggestions, for your thoughts on the gambler, do not forget to subscribe, comment, and like on your various other forms of social media. Keep this show in business. Make sure that we come back after the WSOP. That's all I've got for now. It's our last. It's our season finale coming up next week, so make sure you tune in. Until then, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs>